1: on fire i am pastor richard white jr from the community church of god
2: and i'm pastor vince haney from Raymond word of faith the word church and again welcome to another exciting broadcast of faith on fire where we are here to ignite one's faith on fire and uh we left off yesterday talking about qualities needed in trials and doers and not hearers of the word only we were talking about how life is going to give you an opportunity to prove what that good and perfect and acceptable will of god is going to give you an opportunity to prove that you have been transformed by the renewing it's of gonna your mind. It's going to give you a
1: chance to prove what you really believe. It's going to
2: give you an opportunity to prove that your faith is really on fire. And the scripture says in Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that goes back to Romans chapter 2, I mean 12, 2, you know, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. because so you're going to have to be able to think quick. <laughs> when life situations happen, you're going to, and we were talking about yesterday how, when pressure, pressure comes on a person, we'll find out exactly what they believe. And I always use this example of a, of a two-paste uh, container. If you squeeze that two-paste container, what's gonna come out? 2 or what's ever in it? So when life pressures come on us, what's gonna come out is what's been deposited in us in abundance. And we're supposed to have the word of God deposited in us. That's spiritual maturity. We go from faith to faith to glory to glory. So when life pressures come on us, just like with Daniel, life pressures came on him. He was placed in the den, and he still declared what he believed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got placed in the fiery furnace. Pressure. They still declare what they believe. And the same thing with us. Well, Jesus, too. Pressure. He still said, yeah, I, I am. I'm, that's, that's who I am. Yeah, you said it right. He didn't say, well... Yeah, guys, I was just playing. I'm not really the Messiah. No, he said, it is as you say. That's who I am. Yes, I am the king. So with us, we have to declare what thus said the Lord constantly. Back to Jesus in the wilderness, being tempted by Satan. That was pressure. Satan came right up on him. And Jesus started declaring what he believed. And he was saying, it is written. He was saying, I believe what is written, what the Father has written. And it's not only, I don't have a Bible in my hand, but it's written in my heart. So, again, whatever in the, in the in the heart in abundance is going to come out when pressure comes on. And that's why God wants us to be grounded and rooted, built up in the faith. Because he understands that life's going to bring some pressures. Life's just not going to be hunky-dory all the way through. Smooth. I was watching uh, Paul from Tarsus yesterday on TBN. Woo! jesus told him i'm gonna show you what it means to suffer for me paul (laughs) and i thought about my own life see all those bible characters all those guys and those are real people in all of their lives we can relate some part to our lives because as i was watching paul last night i was relating to my call to the ministry and how god showed me how i'm going to suffer for him meaning go through stuff but at the end paul paul considered it an honor he said, I got to get to Rome. He, he, he set himself up to make himself get to Rome because he could have, one of the, the political officials. Felix. He, yeah, Felix. He could have pleaded his case with him. He said, no, I want to appeal to the emperor.
1: And, and Felix, <laughs> as he talks to Festus, says, you know, had he not appealed to Caesar, we would have had to let him go. We had to let
2: you go. He said, no, no, I want some more pressure on me. I'm going all the way to Rome because he understood what
1: his call was.
2: And see, and that's what as Christians we got to understand. And I tell people all the time in our congregation once you get a born again and redeemed and reconciled to God, you're born again. That's where your life starts in Christ Jesus. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And you have to stay connected to Him to fulfill the plan and purpose. And it's in that, being staying connected with God through Jesus, you're going to find out who you are. And you're going to find out who God is. And you're going to fulfill the plan and purpose that God originally had for you before the foundations of the world. He's the creator. He created us. He know why he created us. I always tell people, I didn't career path myself for ministry to be a pastor. I didn't realize that wasn't revealed to me till after I got saved. Born again. God started revealing to me really shortly after, probably a year after I got saved, that this is what he called me to do. And other people were prophesying it over and speaking. To me. And I was like, no, that ain't what I'm do- going to be doing. I'm not going to be a pastor. I got this plan for my life. And I'm reminded there's a way to a man that seems right. <laughs> you know, I had my I had career path myself for something else. But God says, no, this is what I created you for before the foundations of the world. And I understand that now. And I'm walking in that and I, I'm fulfilled.
1: See, and we all have to be willing to let God lead us to where we're going to go. My career path when I was growing up, I was going to be a lawyer. Really? I was a political science major at Chico State. I was going to be a lawyer. I wanted to go into politics.
2: Oh. In fact, I was
1: pretty irreverent <laughs> in those days. My, I would tell people, yeah, my my campaign slogan is going to be, I can cheat you just as good as the guys you got now. Wow. Right? <laughs> that's your slogan. That was, that <laughs> was, that was going to be your I slogan. But, I mean, I was so irreverent in those days that that's kind of how, right. you know, that was when I was being a smart aleck. But – yeah, that's where I was go- That's what I was always going to do. I was going to be a lawyer and then become a politician. That was that was my whole career path. path. And from when I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do. And now, you know, I I became a pastor. And so you have to be willing to let God take you off the path that you thought you were going to be on mm-hmm. to the path that he wants you but to be on. But here's
2: what I found out too. Once you do seek first the kingdom and God's will for your life, he said all these other things will be added to you. And that's what he showed me. Well, I'll, I'll bring this into your life, too, but I want you to do this first. Yeah, so I'm saying if you're still politically active. <laughs> well, and, and I believe if God calls you to office with the understanding and the wisdom you got now, you'll be a better politician.
1: Although my wife says um, she'd have to get the bright light like Paul did. You know, on the road to Damascus, mm-hmm. my, that would have to happen to my wife. She'd have to be driving down East Avenue and a big bright light. would what, have For to you end. to go into politics? Oh, yeah, because my wife says, you know, if you cheated on me, I'd probably leave you. But if you ever become a politician, I'll leave you for <laughs> sure. Right? So, um, but we have to be willing to let God lead us to the direction. I've talked to people, the, and you talk about missionaries, and they're like, I would never be a missionary. I say, what if God called? God would never call me because I would never go. And... Too many Christians have the attitude of this is what I want to do. This is what I'm willing to do. And so now God has these parameters and he's going to call me to do something that fits in those parameters and because I, he just won't do it otherwise because I won't do if he wants me to do something else. We have got to change that whole way of thinking from here's what I'm willing to do and now God, you can pick something in that area to I'm willing to do whatever it is that you want me to do. Or oh,
2: I'm, I'm willing to do what you've created me to do. Because everything right. has everything that it was created, that is created, has a purpose. I'm looking at all the equipment in this studio. It was created for a purpose. I'm looking at you and I'm looking at me. We were created for a purpose. God created us for a purpose. So once we find out, and only through him, why we were created, that's going to bring the total satisfaction. So if God's created you for something and he reveals that to you and you say yes to that, like we were saying with Paul, Paul knew he had to get to Rome. He, he knew what was waiting on him there, but he was good. Jesus knew what he was created for. He always declared it and he was good with that. And again, that's that perfect fellowship with God when you're okay with what God created you to do. I, I'm fine now. Yes, I have other, I'm an entrepreneur. I have other things I'm, I'm involved in, but for me, you know, besides being a husband and a father, ministry is first, and I love it. I love talking about the Word of God. I love giving people preaching the gospel, giving people some good news. I love it, and I, I could do it forever. (laughs) You know, too bad the service is only an hour and a half. I can go on and on. And
1: and then there's the thing, and (laughs) is that for everybody, not just a pastor, but for every Christian, you know service runs anywhere from an hour, an hour and a half. Most churches, there's 168 hours in a week. So if the only time you're ever telling anybody about Jesus, whether you're a pastor or anybody, you're, you're missing out on the vast majority of the week. You're only using one 168th of the week. We've got to be willing to tell people about Jesus. And I do this. I know myself. I talk to lots more people about Jesus outside the church building than I do inside the church building. You get opportunities wherever you are to talk to people. And very rarely does anybody ever come up and say, tell me about Jesus. But I get a lot of people come up to me and they'll say things like, man, I don't understand how the world got like this. Mm -hmm. Or, man, I got things happening in my life and I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, they don't realize it, but they've just told me to start talking to them about Jesus. Right, right, right. (laughs) And so we've got to be in tune to that. We've got to be listening to that. Because like I say, most people aren't going to walk up to you and grab you by the lapel and say, tell me about Jesus Jesus right now.
2: Tell me the gospel. And again, I think about when I first got saved, I was talking about the gospel constantly to people. Just constantly. I didn't know that God, that's what he created me for, for the foundation of the world. I was just happy that I was saved and elated about God encountering me, having that God encounter. And I just, as I went throughout my day, I... And encountering people, I was telling them about God, the gospel, not knowing that 10 years later, God was going to, was preparing me for ministry, you know, as a pastor. I didn't know that, but he started revealing to me, revealing that to me as I continue to have fellowship with him. Remember Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. He says, stay connected to me and I'll make sure you continue to produce. And whatever's is not right on you, I'm going to prune you. So you continue to produce, and that's what God does. I tell people all the time, if you want to find out what why you were created, go to the Creator, because He'll tell you. He's the the, create, the creator of a thing or a person is the only one that can reveal to you your full purpose of why you were created. These mics we're talking through, you know, I know how to use them, but I know the manufacturer, the creator, know this mic better than me. All I know is the speaking to speak into it, but they know how it works and why I was created.
1: Well, you know, as we're doing this show, it's Wednesday. And if somebody comes up to you and asks you, or you're talking to somebody, you don't tell them, well, you have to wait till tonight. You know, we have Bible, our midweek Bible say tonight, so you'll have to talk to me tonight. I, I can't talk to you about Jesus now because, it's, you know, it's not, it's not Wednesday night. Or you don't say, you have to wait till Sunday. You know, I only talk to people about Jesus on Sunday when I'm at the church building. No, you're willing to talk to them any time of the week that they want to, and so am I. And the listeners, that's what they... Don't be telling... You know, just because you're someplace other than the church building doesn't mean that you can't tell people about Jesus and what Jesus is doing in your life. We've got to be ready in season and out. We've got to be ready wherever we might be. You're missing out on almost all your opportunities if you're waiting for Sunday and or Wednesday so you can talk to people about Jesus. You can talk to them about him wherever you are, and we need to get that mindset in us that that we can plant a seed on Monday just as easy as we can on Sunday. We can water a seed on Thursday just as easy as we can on Wednesday and open our eyes and open our minds to the Spirit's leading wherever we are and whenever that time is so that we're not always just constantly waiting for something.
2: Well, this goes back to being a student of the Scriptures and finding out who you are in Christ. And the scripture says if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. And it goes on to say you're an ambassador for Christ. Then it goes on in another portion of Corinthians to say that we're all ministers of reconciliation. When you're saved, you're now a minister of reconciliation. No, you may not be the pastor of a congregation, but you're still an ambassador and a minister of reconciliation, meaning one of your primary roles as a new believer is you're co-laboring with Jesus to reconcile people Back to the Father.
1: Lead I was talking to, to somebody that goes to another church, and they were pretty upset with their pastor because the, the pastor's job in their mind was to get more people in that church, and the pastor just wasn't doing it. There are a lot of Christians that labor under that mis- Oh, yeah, thinking and, and I'm that, here
2: to, to train them up the right way. They, they believe that. It's the pastor's job. Oh, yeah, job. that's the
1: pastor's job. It's the pastor's job to tell people about Jesus. It's the pastor's job to, to tell everybody what the Bible says. It's the pastor's job to get more people in the church It's the people's job to do the work of the ministry, the pastors to equip the people for the work of the ministry. Mm -hmm. And so this is the key thing. To go back to what we're talking about, you don't have to wait for a certain day of the week. You don't have to wait for a certain time. You don't have to wait for a certain person that you, in the place where you are, when the opportunity presents itself, need to be willing to share with people about Jesus and I tell people all the time, you don't have to know the whole gospel. Just know what Jesus is doing in your life. Right. What He right. he do with you? Right. 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 Nobody knows what Jesus has done with you more than you do. There's no pastor. There's no Bible expert. There's nobody who knows more about what Jesus has done in your life than you know. And that's all you have to share. And the people.
2: Bible tells us that, reveals that, tells us in Revelation, it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb, Jesus, and the word of our testimony. Yeah, we all have a testimony. If you're born again and God's done something in your life that's good, and I know God does is good, that's the testimony. You can tell people, especially people that knew you previous, people that you encounter, you don't, again, you don't have to go through Genesis, to Revelations, and quote all the scriptures. You can give them your testimony.
1: Right, just what what did Jesus do mm-hmm. to me? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians out there, I think, who can't couldn't tell you what Jesus did with them. <laughs> but... You need all you need to do is just tell people this is what this is what God's done in my life. This is how God has changed me, and this is all the good that I have seen. And just share with people what God has done. And here's the this is the
2: transformation in my life. Again, when you invite, I'm just convinced of this. If you when you invite Jesus into your heart, something happens.
1: Well, if it didn't, then, right, right. then you're your time.
2: And with that, something happening. That's going to give you an opportunity to go share. God says go share that with people. Something happens. If you're truly born again, truly God saved, something's going to happen.
1: (laughs) I tell people this all the time. If you won the lottery, would everybody you came into contact with know it? Most everybody would just be jumping up and down, yelling and hollering after you got all your taxes and everything squared away. But, I mean, most people would be, man, they'd tell everybody they knew about that good news we get the good news of Christ the thing that can change people eternity and yet for some reason it's almost like we're gonna keep it a quiet we're go- right, we're a little right. ashamed of it we're a little yeah. embarrassed about it
2: I think we ought to do what the secular world do like you say if somebody win a lottery that's why we need to own television because when people get saved we need to broadcast <laughs> television hey Richard's got saved today congratulations Richard the whole world would know and again well, that's what heaven does. Heaven right. rejoices. Every angel in heaven Right, right. they rejoice. But well, we should rejoice with them and, and be happy about that. I remember when I first got saved, man, I was just happy. And I went telling people. And that's what God desires. That's what he honors. That's what he rewards. But see, remember? we get
1: excited about it. And then for some reason, for a lot of people, that excitement kind of fades. And where they couldn't wait to tell people what happened to him now. You know oh, what, Richard? Oh, I oh, think maybe.
2: it fades because the Bible says that your faith should increase. And faith's only going to come by continually hearing, feeding on, declaring the word of God, the goodness of God. So I believe because if you're not feeding on the word of God every day, if he's not your number one source, you will lose your first love. Yeah, you have to keep, it's just like in the natural, you have to keep that relationship going. In a marriage, it'll fizzle out. You know, both partners, you know, one just trying to put in 60 and the other one's trying to put in 30, it ain't going to work. It's got to be a mutual. The scripture says that I abide in you and you abide in me. God wants us to have that fellowship, that communion with him constantly. That's what's going to ignite your faith on fire. That's what's going to develop you. And you can't just be a, I know so many Christians don't even study the Bible. And I I, I talked to him. I talked to one other day. I was asking him elementary stuff. He didn't even know. But With that, God's going to reveal Himself to you more and more as you spend time with Him in His Word. He'll show you some things. He'll reveal some deep things to you. And if you don't, and I know God knows that. He knows who's trying to draw near to Him. The scripture says, Draw near to Him, and I'll draw near to you. Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. He knows who's drawing near and who's not. We try to fool the people. You know, we can dress the outside up and look churchy, but God knows the heart. He knows. You know, what he's going to reveal to somebody as they're fellowshipping with him. And he knows who's not, who's faking. Well, There's see, some I, fake Christians out there, Richard.
1: I think it was Abraham Lincoln said you can fool some of the people. Some of the time. All of the time. All of the oh. people. Some of the time. But you can't fool all the people all the time. Well, I tell people, you can't fool God any of the time. Well, God the Bible, knows the truth all the time. The scripture
2: time. says when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, he knew their hearts. Right.
1: <laughs> He knew what they were thinking better than they did. Right, right.
2: So that's why he was going off on them, because he knew what their real intentions of the heart was. I mean,
1: on the outside, yeah, you might look like this. Oh, they look real religious, man.
2: what I know. They had all the people in the community fooled, but they didn't have Jesus fooled.
1: Right, that's what I mean. You can't fool God ever.
2: And I always tell people that. God knows your real heart. He knows the real you. Don't be fake. Don't try to come to him like you do when other people fool them be sincere submit right. yield yourself to him
1: you know i i've had people say well i'm mad at god and i say you know what he already knows that you know right. you're not <laughs> hiding it from him he already knows it Right. You might go as, to in fact you might as well go, say to him god i'm really mad at you and because that's the start to where you can get back into relationship with him mm-hmm. if you think that you're somehow faking it from him that he's not he doesn't know you're mad at him and you're trying to hide it from him that you're mad at him mm-hmm. he already knows you might as well just face up to it yourself
2: well the scripture says up in hebrews when it talks about his word is living and powerful and sharper than any 2 a sword. And there's not a creature hidden from his sight. But all things are open and naked unto him who we all have to give an account to. It's talking about the word, Jesus, God. We're all, we're we're not invisible to God. He knows everything about us. And he knows if we're for real or we're fake.
1: And he knows right. what you do, everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He knows what you think. Everything.
2: And he knows if you want to get to know him more, he says, I have all wisdom. I'll reveal the deep things to you through your spirit as you draw near to me. And it's really simple. If he can reveal deep things to me and yeah, I didn't go to seminary or none of that. And God just, because I spend time with him. The Holy Spirit's my teacher. I spend time with God. So he, he downloads stuff to me. He reveals the deep things and he'll do that with anybody because the Bible says He's no respecter of persons. Right. He doesn't show partiality. Yeah. man, Men made up and not no disrespect the seminaries and Bible colleges, but the Holy Spirit is the best teacher. <laughs>
1: well, a lot of people just make up their mind. They want to go into the ministry, not necessarily called, but they, that's just they a career, career path. Themselves. Yeah, That's the career path they want to but take. But many are called. And so here's where you go to follow that career path. You have to be called by God.
2: Well, many are called before you are chosen. can be chosen by God. Called and chosen. Because he'll choose who he wants to do what he wants to do in and through him. And I believe, and I understand that God already knew that before they were created. I know what I created you for. And some people call themselves to the ministry. God didn't call them. Yeah, you got a lot of people that they want the title of being a pastor and God didn't call them to do that. Yes, he called you to be a Christian, but he probably didn't call you to the five-fold ministry, to pastor a congregation or anything. He called you to be a Christian, but you wanted to be a pastor. And again, that ain't nothing I desired. You know, I only desired it as God revealed to me. That's what he chose me to do. And I say, Lord, send me. I'm willing. Yeah, same thing with Jesus. (laughs) Not my will, but your will be done. So we have to understand that. But God loves us, and he wants our faith to to grow and grow and grow. And again, life is going to give us those opportunities to prove the word of God. Life's pressure is going to come on us.
1: And they're going to give us the opportunity to prove once again what we really believe. Mm-hmm. Do I really believe this or not? Do I, really, do I really believe that I should esteem others ahead of myself or not? And Ooh. you find that out when you're in line and somebody's trying to cut in on you or something's going on and you're, you're going to stand up for your rights. Do
2: I really believe I'm a kingdom citizen or I'm an American citizen? <laughs> Which one is more? I see people all over Facebook. Boy, they just giving it up. And not in understanding, you're a kingdom citizen first. God's your source, not politicians. I see that all the time. Christians have their faith in politicians and not really. Well, we've in talked God. about that
1: on a few different shows. About how easy it is to put your faith in all those kind of things. Yeah.
2: And and again, life is gonna give you an opportunity to prove what you claim you believe. We're gonna see when life's pressures come on, when it's election time, or when your candidate that you supported didn't win, we're going to find out, do you really love all people? You know, that's Hold part on, of... they're not
1: on the opposite right, political party. Right, right.
2: Do you really love them? And I've seen a lot of Christians didn't show any love to the opposite side because your candidate and that's on didn't win yeah mean, that's on both sides democrat, yeah you're right democrat it's christians on both sides there's republican christians
1: <laughs> i mean both sides right when their guy loses they're hoping the other guy fails oh they're man and, and it,
2: yeah they're praying for his downfall and that's not what we're supposed to do that's part of the prove what they good and perfect and acceptable will of god is. is
1: isn't it amazing when you hear christians oh, man, of the opposite political party you saw this when George Bush was—George Bush was probably one of the more hated presidents toward the last couple of years of his second term. Oh, yeah, term. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like him. yeah. And, man, they were hammering him hard. And now we see it with President Obama. Same thing. On the Worse. opposite side. This time it's the, you know, Republican Christians. Yeah, right, on the right, other right. side it was Democratic right, Christians. Right, right. But people that that on Sunday are in there praise the Lord singing, right, right. I That's- love you, Lord, and then on Monday are just creaming them. Um, and well, I was at, hoping the other day. I was at fails. the uh,
2: National Day of Prayer, which was April. Uh, what was it? April first, the second, last week, Thursday. I was there, and I saw some people that's always putting stuff on Facebook about the uh, present administration, just hammering them constantly. But they were at the National Day of Prayer, <laughs> giving it up. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. Well, see, and what, deceiving themselves. And,
1: well, here's what's funny is that people will say, well, that's politics. Right, almost different. as if politics and your life aren't the same thing. See, right, right, right. So I'm, well, gonna, I can bash this guy
2: during the week, but well, on I, Sunday, well, I hey, can I'm bash worshiping. In,
1: in politics, see, that's just politics. So I can say and do whatever I want because of politics. But here's real life. No, that's all. But the those same. those
2: politicians are people too. And God loves well, them, and then too. And God doesn't
1: say if you're a politician or you're not. I don't love you. you well, or you can just badmouth people however you right, want right, as long right. as you say, well, that's just politics.
2: No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll finish up this subject tomorrow. But again, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith.